you're basically saying, well, I'm going to lose money at some point and you're okay with that just because of safety. So that doesn't really make a ton of sense to me and, and to us. There's other ways that you can find safety and, and get uh, safer investments without that exposure to a, a future loss that's coming down the road anyways. It's time to retire with confidence. Welcome to Unlocking Your Financial Future with financial advisor Ben Schrock. Well, just like technology kind of evolves and changes through the years and gets becomes outdated, so do some financial strategies and ideas and retirement planning uh, ideas that you might use and have been used for quite a while. Today, we're going to talk about some that maybe just don't make sense anymore for whatever reason and for multiple reasons. It just doesn't fit what we're trying to accomplish and, and just kind of how uh, the, the economy works these days. So we're going to get into five different obsolete retirement planning ideas today on Unlocking Your Financial Future. Welcome in. I am Ben George. He is Ben Schrock, along with Colleen LaMasters joins us again. Great, great to have you both on. Yep. Glad to be back. How's everything going around the office? I mean, we were kind of talking before the show about things getting back to normal. I mean, have you kind of getting that sense of, of things there in Ohio? Yeah, you know, I, I we've finally had like our calendar's been swamped. Um, we actually have, what is today, the 21st you know, while we're recording this, but uh, we have our, our Oktoberfest slash grand opening here. Oh, yeah. On Thursday, the so yeah, Oktoberfest. Right? Oktoberfest, yeah, we couldn't let it die, man. We weren't going to let COVID take us out this year, <laughs> so um, we're doing a uh, kind of an open house. So we're, we got a food truck coming, um, and we just we're going to have it open all day, pretty much. Um, you know, we're going to serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and just have clients stop by as they can and and come in and see the new space for those who haven't made it in. And um, yeah, just grab something to eat, hang out for a little bit, and you know, obviously wear masks and and keep our distance. But yeah, just kind of a, a way that we can still participate and do it in our own style. Are you going to have a taco truck for Henry to, to, to enjoy? <laughs> no, he's used to those on Friday. So if, okay. if we threw it up on a Thursday, you might be a little confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, good deal. Well, look, if you aren't able to get by Shocktoberfest this year and want to check out the office, make sure you give them a call, 330-473-1060. You can also get on, get online and connect with them there, bashrock-fg.com, and set up a time to to go over and, and sit down with Ben and Colleen and the team there and, and have that first meeting and, and kind of get to know them and, and you and see where maybe you can work on your financial plan, your retirement plan moving forward. But some things we want to talk about today are ideas that maybe don't work anymore. And it's the same idea, like we mentioned, coming into the show, technology changes. You know, you get a new phone every couple of years, maybe because Apple's running your battery life down intentionally. Who knows? It feels <laughs> that, that just way. happened to me. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. I mean, I'm about two and a half years in, so mine's uh, slowly, slowly uh, becoming obsolete as, as I speak. But we want to talk about some rules today, and and one that we've I think we've hit on before been a little bit, but let's touch on it again. And let's start off with the four percent rule. This is the you know the idea that you can take four percent out of your portfolio every year and not really have to worry about running out of money. But why would this maybe not work anymore? Yeah, you know I still think this one is pretty relevant. Honestly, Ben, it's something where um, where you're going to struggle with this is the the makeup or the consistency of your portfolio as you include more fixed income or your, more your debt instruments like bonds within your portfolio, that's going to drive your overall yield down, which will get you under that 4% rule. So 
you know, the old adage of take 4% off your, your portfolio per year is going to last you a lifetime. I still think there is some truth to that. If we can utilize, you know, the forms of, of dividends from stocks um, and you're not going to get the yield from bonds, like I mentioned, but if we can grab that from an equity-based portfolio, uh, I, I still feel very confident that that can apply. Now, the, the tricky part is going to be is, um, you know, will inflation eat into that? Are we going to move with inflation um, on that? So with inflation comes rising interest rates. So I think that would, would you know, improve our, our bond market place a little bit but um, I, I'm not I'm not willing to throw this one out the window yet I still think this one is, is somewhat relevant I just think it's it's kind of down right now based on your consistency of your portfolio and what you got in the your portfolio invested in okay that makes sense and, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about this in a couple uh, episodes just a little tease on what's coming so keep an eye out for that but uh, a rule that maybe still kind of works but something to consider year by year even as you're as you're using that but let's move to the 1053 rule and is this rule if you've heard of it before you probably know that uh, this is an outdated kind of guideline to go by <laughs> but it says you can re- expect 10% return from stocks a 5% return from bonds and a 3% return on cash yeah i mean I, i'll let y'all take it but i, I can kind of get an idea of what you're going to say Oh yeah, this is a very interesting uh, rule. You know, I just kind of did some some research on this rule myself because I was curious to see where, just looking at some Vanguard index funds saying, and I looked at like the S&P 500 the past 10 years, if we just looked at a straight index fund, was up 15%. The uh, bond fund, which would be that 5% rule, was only up averaging 3.58% during that same 10 year period hmm. and cash or like a money market was averaging 0.64. So you can see how we're kind of way out of line of that, that 10, five, three rule at this point in time, especially when it comes to that fixed income side and safe money, I guess, side as well. <laughs> yeah. It, as, I mean, can you think of ever a time where this rule has applied? I mean, is it is this something that even five or 10 years ago maybe made sense or has this thing been outdated for a while? I'd say as long as I've been in the business, it's never been this way, you know, and that's back in 2008 uh, was when I got started. So, I mean, the 3% cash is where you're like, wow, if, if you got some of that and if you're only, selling it, yeah. let, let me know because yeah. um, we're, we're buying. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, I, I would say it's, it's been outdated for a while. And, and again, even in the, the equity piece, like Colleen mentioned, the past 10 years, has been, you know, the market's been relatively uh, hot for the past 10 years. And, um, you know, averaging the 15% on an index fund is, is awesome. But I don't think that's even sustainable for the long term, you know, either. <laughs> um, so again, I think that might be even a little bit rich uh, on, on the 10.5 for the 10% side on the equities. Okay, well, we're talking stocks and bonds. Um, the idea that many people have had for a long time is that as you get older, let's move your money from stocks to bonds, so it's going to be a little bit safer. But you know, you kind of explained a little bit, but why is that maybe outdated? Yeah. So traditionally, I mean, that's the, the movement of money is, is as you get older, you're going to take on less risk. Well, now that we're in an interest rate suppressed environment where we're basically down to zero, um, you know, bonds are going to work inversely to interest rates. So in a rising interest rate marketplace, your bond valuations will go down. So if you buy bonds today that basically aren't going to pay you anything and interest rates start to shoot up um, and rise, your bond valuations are going to be less and less. So you gotta, you're got you pretty much forced to hold that bond to maturity. So you, you have to think about it again, where bonds are today and where the values are, or, I'm sorry, interest rates are today being you know basically down to zero, there's only one way for them to go. I, I, again, I guess they could go negative, but um, I'm, I'm a big believer in not, you know, I'm not for that, 
But if interest rates go up, they have to go up eventually. They're going to go up at some point if you're forced or you're moving your money to bonds right now as you get older. You're basically saying, well, I'm going to lose money at some point and you're okay with that just because of safety. So that doesn't really make a ton of sense to me and, and to us. You know, um, There's other ways that you can find safety and, and get uh, safer investments without that exposure to a, a future loss that's coming down the road anyways. Yeah, that's true. Well, this one is maybe not an official rule, I guess, but it's kind of a guideline that somebody's, and most people have always kind of gone by, you know, get a million dollars. Once you reach a million dollars, you're going to be in great shape. You'll be ready to retire. It's kind of been that magical number, but I don't know. I mean, everybody kind of understands, you know, a million dollars isn't quite what it used to be. And while becoming a millionaire is still a big deal, there's a lot more of them now than there were, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But, you know, when you talk about how much you're going to need in retirement, why is $1 million not a target number you need to have? I mean, I would say basically uh, kind of like what we had talked about previously on some other podcasts, you know, that Ben's done, it all depends on the client. You know, do they have a pension? Do they, are, are they fortunate enough to have a pension? I should say, um, what's their social security, you know, look like, did they pay in a lot in the social security where between a husband and a wife, they're going to be bringing in almost $5,000 a month just from social security. You know, maybe you don't need to have a million dollars saved at that point in time. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess to, to go on top of that, it just depends on the, the lifestyle that the client wants to live. You know, we're here in Northeast Ohio. A um, million dollars is a great amount of money and, and can go you know, a last a lifetime um, if spent properly, you know, where, you know, you take that into New York City or to LA from coast to coast, it's going to differ all across the country. So I guess it also depends on where you fall um, in, in, you know, your lifestyle, where you're living currently, because um, our, our standard of life here is, is is pretty inexpensive, relatively speaking, in, in my opinion, but a million dollars goes a long way for sure. So there's a lot of factors to consider. I mean, you could be in great shape with a million dollars, but you might need $2 million potentially or $3 million. You just never know until you yeah, sit down sure. and work out a plan. Yeah, exactly. It's all about what you want to spend too. Yeah. You know, whatever your lifestyle you want to live, if you want to travel all over the world and, and have a couple houses across the country, yeah, you're going to need more money. But um, that's why, you know, like you said, having a good plan and a good advisor that can um, guide you along that way is, is important. Well, as you're trying to figure out how much you're going to need to spend in retirement, you know, it comes down to income, how much income you're going to need to cover those expenses. And, you know, for a long time, the, the, the common idea is that you're going to need less income in retirement than you're going to need while you're working. But is that the case any longer? No, I don't think it is. You know, I think it's something where, again, it's going to depend by per client. You know, that's always my favorite answer. Depends, um, but it's going to depend on the client and their situation that we're looking at. And obviously, with inflation, you know, even though inflation is relatively low and they're trying to keep it low for the next couple of years, eventually it's going to continue to rise, and that dollar is going to be worth less and less. So you're going to need more income over your lifetime. Now, with that being said. We love to start out when, when we're meeting with clients and finding out more about their situation, kind of what their income goals are. And and most common, our most common answer is, I'm not really sure. So then we, we take it back to them and say, okay, what are you making right now You know, while working? And they'll tell us, and I say, what do you get per paycheck, take home after taxes and after everything's paid? And is that a comfortable lifestyle? Well, yes. So we'll say, okay, if we can equal that income in retirement, would that be sufficient for you? And they're always like ecstatic, like, oh yeah, definitely. We'd go tomorrow if we could do that. So that's always a good benchmark <laughs> for us to start and say, okay, let's push their income. Let's make it a smooth transition. If we can get them as much as they're making now, let's show it to them and see how that works. If not, you know, we're going to show them exactly what we can produce in terms of what they've saved off of the, the, the investments that they got. So yeah, again, I, I'm kind of rambled on there a little bit, but 
it's definitely uh, we we'd anticipate that to increase because we want them to travel and and have fun while they can, and and eventually that's going to plateau as they get older and, and are less able to travel and get out and do as much, and then eventually decline when uh, towards the end of life. Got it. Well, you know the reason why we want to bring these up today on the podcast is to make sure that you're not, you know, just not just kind of blindly following these rules and expecting them to be correct with your retirement. You want to make sure you have a plan. Make sure these things fit you or don't fit you, and if they don't, make sure you do work with someone that can put a plan in place where you can take the steps you need to reach the retirement you want to. So sit down with uh, Ben Schrock and his team at BA Schrock Financial Group and get this process started. There's no reason to wait any longer. You know, it's never too late, never too early, never too late to begin planning for retirement. Got a couple of questions I want to throw your way from the mailbag before we close out the show. And we're about a month from the election now, which it's hard to it's hard to imagine that you haven't uh, heard anything about that yet. But it's, it's almost everywhere you look, you see something about the election. And I'm assuming that a lot of people have talked to you about this, this topic. And so I'm not surprised we got this in the mailbag, but want to get your opinion on it. Rose writes in, should I be investing differently since we have a national election approaching? Yeah, we, we get that. That's the hot question. In fact, we actually did a, um, a halftime report webinar for our clients. Uh, we did it live. It was kind of cool uh, where we talked a lot about the election. So we've been diving in, learning a lot about the, the statistics of previous elections. And we really found out that this election isn't as, you know, it's very similar to the previous ones in terms of the hostility. And, and you just forget because it happens every four years how kind of nasty things get. You know, our outlook when meeting with Keith, who does, you know, our portfolio management and our chief investment officer, it says, you know, he expects it to be volatile, you know, uh, short term, though, you know, maybe two, three weeks of volatility in there, um, some ups and downs. But we don't think you should really be investing differently. Uh, I don't think there's anything that you need to go and and invest in that's a a magic uh, bullet or anything that's going to provide massive gains during this time or, or things that you need to get out of. And I always encourage our clients, just remember, you're not investing in Donald Trump or Joe Biden. You're investing in companies that have been around a lot longer than they have. And your money's going to work into those companies who plan on being in business currently and whoever is in office next year or 10, 20, 50 years from now. So remember that in the back of your mind, the companies you're buying and investing in are good quality companies. They plan on being here and getting through this time, no matter what. Okay. And I guess to the point is that, you know, you want to sit down and have a financial plan so that you don't have to stress over these, you know, news events, right? I mean, you want to have a plan in place where you can kind of not forget about it. You might have to make some adjustments, but you know, you have the confidence that no matter what happens, you're prepared for it. Yeah, I would say correct on on that side, Ben, even with, you know, people they have to remember that it's long-term too. Mm, You know, we're not just looking at it from a two, three week perspective, you know, just look at it in March, you know, the example of March this year, there were a lot of people that were freaking out in March because the market was down. I forget what the exact, yeah, 35%. (laughs) I forget what the exact, I do. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I forget what the exact percentage was, but it was, you know, we were down at 35% at one point in time. And now we're actually positive for the year in the S and P 500 which is crazy to believe. So if people just had that one month blinder, they could have made a drastic mistake in their portfolio. So same like with any, with an election, you just want to make sure that you have a more long-term time horizon on your side. Absolutely. We got one more question. Maybe this ties into the volatility that, uh, that people are kind of worried about right now and, and what might be to come. But Lily writes in and asks, should I buy gold coins or gold bars or no gold at all? <laughs> wow, that's a tough one. Um, no, I mean, gold has is, is done really well recently here and, and came uh, soaring back up here. Uh, 
it really depends. I mean, again, there's my vague answer for the 10th time today, but uh, it's going to depend on your scenario. Just like anything, just don't go all in. You know, like we're talking about real estate and Colleen mentioned it, just stay diversified. If you're going to buy gold, um, I'm a belief from the belief that I would, I would personally rather have, you know, tangible gold. Um, you know, you can buy it within a, a fund, a mutual fund ETF where there's, you know, uh, gold shares or somewhere, some trust fund where you own gold essentially. But I, I would rather have it in my own personal possession. But again, that's just me personally. So um, I don't think it's a, a bad investment by any means. I think it's something that is going to be a lot more volatile than the overall market. So, you know, keep a close eye on it, watch it. And, you know, if you have an opportunity to make some money off of it, uh, liquidate it and, and get out and get it on to the next investment. All right. Lily Rose, thanks for the questions. If you ever have anything on your mind, you can send it in via the website, bashrock-fg.com, or you can call Ben directly at 330-473-1060. So Ben, Colleen, great to to talk to you both again and and really to go through some of these outdated items. Uh, It's very important that uh, we, you know, you have to have a, an idea of what works, what doesn't work. But I think ultimately it's about putting a plan in place with somebody that can actually look at your personal situation. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through B.A. Schrock Wealth Management, Inc. and A.E. Wealth Management, LLC. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management and A.E. Wealth Management are not affiliated companies. B.A. Schrock Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. BA Schrock Wealth Management is not permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency. This podcast is a paid placement. It is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice to designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation.